The Easter Vigil is the high point of the church year. And one of the most interesting and perhaps unique aspects of the Easter Vigil is that right after we begin tonight, in fact, because we did not start with the fire, right when we begin, we begin with a song about a candle. And about not just what that candle is, but what that candle represents. The light of faith, the light of Christ himself shining out of a world, in a world clouded in darkness, sending forth its light to all peoples. But tonight, when we heard in the Easter, in the, excuse me, in the Exultet at the beginning of our vigil, we heard a line that frankly gave me chills and almost brought me to tears. Rejoice, let Mother Church also rejoice, arrayed with the lightning of his glory. Let this holy building shake with joy, filled with the mighty voices of the peoples. Yes, we rejoice tonight that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, that sin and death are vanquished forever, that the gates of heaven are opened for us, but at the same time we do so alone, quarantined, not in the church. As I look out on the church, there's one person in my line of sight right now, Brother Jordan. God bless and keep him. But we look to the Lord in this time with a great hope, perhaps a great expectation, because we know full well the weight of sin brought about by our first parents. We know what it's like, perhaps, like Isaac in the second reading there, to be carrying the burden of our own death upon our back. We know perhaps what it's like to flee from an unseen enemy as the Israelites did from the Egyptians, fearing that at any moment they might be overtaken and put to death. We know what it's like in the third reading there from the prophet Isaiah to feel like the afflicted one, the storm-battered, the unconsoled. Perhaps we even know what it's like to have our hearts ripped out as Ezekiel so graphically described in the last of the Old Testament readings. We walk like the Marys to the tomb, desiring to see the Lord, desiring to love Him, seeing and being startled by the empty tomb. Perhaps with hungry, angry, unsettled hearts. But it is precisely into this moment that Jesus Christ raised himself from the dead. God raised Jesus from the dead specifically for those moments of doubt and despair and difficulty. It is precisely into this particular moment of struggle, of difficulty, of an uncertain future that the message and the joy and the hope of the resurrection is most palpable, most important, and most meaningful. That we don't just have an empty tomb, we don't just have this promise of a resurrection, but a resurrected Lord who shows us His very face. Throughout Lent, especially in the Psalms and Antiphons for the Mass, we hear this refrain over and over again about trying to seek or to see the face of the Lord. And because Jesus is risen from the dead, God shows us his very face. 
But because Jesus is risen from the dead, God continues to show us his face. This is not just something that happened 2,000 years ago in Israel. It is something that the Lord desires each and every moment of each and every day to show us his alive and loving and merciful face. He did this to St. Paul. Remember that Paul was on his way to Damascus to persecute the church. When God, Jesus, risen from the dead, alive forever, revealed himself to Saul and turned him into Paul, gave him the gift of faith, and Paul changed the world. Paul reminds us in that reading that it is only through death that we can live. We must die in order to live. We must die with Christ in order to be raised with him. We must turn from the crosses and the burdens that we put on our own backs, the sin, the division that we place in this world, that we put into relationships, we must give that up to see the face of the Lord. We must seek above all else the risen Lord and to live with Him forever. And the Lord lives and shows us His face. Another sadness for tonight is at the Easter Vigil. This is normally, especially here at St. Paul's, we normally have, gosh, ten or more people who come into the faith. And since the moment I knew I was going to take this job as the administrator here, I've looked forward to tonight and the hope and the joy of baptizing and confirming. And it's hard to not have those people here, to see the face of Christ in his beloved sons and in his beloved daughters. But the Lord still shows us his face. He shows us his face in our prayer, in the Eucharist, in our community, in our family, in friends. He shows us his face because he is alive. Jesus Christ is not risen from the dead once and then descends into heaven and is gone forever. Because he is alive, because he is God, he is alive forever and always. It changes everything. Because Jesus is alive and showing us his face, every moment of every day is pregnant with the possibility of conversion, of new life, of joy and peace and love without bound. But we must choose to live with Jesus. In his apostolic exhortation from about a little over a year ago, Christus Vivit, Pope Francis wrote to young people in the church. It was after the uh, Synod on Young People. And he highlights three themes that are necessary for young people, but for all Christians, to recognize in order to live. The first is that God loves you. St. John reveals in 1 John 4, 8, that God is love, that God's very nature is love. We've just heard the readings from the Old Testament where God reveals himself to us as love. He creates out of love. He comes into a world and gives to Abraham out of love a chosen people. He frees that chosen people out of love from bondage. He leads them through the water, through the desert, to the promised land, out of love. When they deny him and reject him, out of love he sends his prophets. And when we were furthest from him, he sent his very son, his very self, to us out of love. But not only does God love us, he saves us. He saves us. And we celebrate that on Good Friday, that God 
so loved the world that he gave his only son. He died for us so that we might be able to live. But here's the last part Pope Francis notes, is that Jesus is alive. I'd like to read, it's a long quote, I don't apologize for it because it's beautiful, but it's a long quote from his apostolic exhortation. Christ is alive. We need to keep reminding ourselves of this because we can risk seeing Jesus simply as a fine model from the distant past, as a memory of someone who saved us 2,000 years ago, but that would be of no use to us. It would leave us unchanged. It would not set us free. The one who fills us with his grace, the one who liberates us, transforms us, heals and consoles us, is someone fully alive. He is the Christ, risen from the dead, filled with supernatural life and energy, and robed in boundless light. This is why St. Paul could say, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. Alive, he can present in your life, he can be present in your life at every moment to fill it with light and to take away all sorrow and solitude. Even if all others depart, he will remain as he promised. I am with you always to the end of the age. He fills your life with his unseen presence. Wherever you go, he will be waiting there for you. Because he did not only come in the past, but he comes to you today and every day, inviting you to set out toward ever new horizons. See Jesus is happy, overflowing with joy. Rejoices him as with the friend who has triumphed. They killed the Holy One, the Just One, the Innocent One, but he triumphed in the end. Evil does not have the last word, nor will it have the last word in your life, for you have a friend who loves you and wants to triumph in you. Your Savior lives. Because he lives, there can be no doubt that goodness will have the upper hand in your life and that all your struggles will prove worthwhile. If this is the case, we can stop complaining and look to the future. For with him, there is always, this is always possible. That is the certainty we have. Jesus is eternally alive. If we hold fast to him, we will have life and be protected from the threats of death and violence that may assail us in life. Every other solution will prove inadequate and temporary. It may be helpful for a time, but once again we will find ourselves exposed and abandoned before the storms of life. With Jesus, on the other hand, our hearts experience a security that is firmly rooted and enduring. St. Paul says that he wishes to be one with Christ in order to know him and the power of his resurrection. That power will constantly be revealed in your lives too, for he came to give you life and life in abundance. If in your heart you can learn to appreciate the beauty of this message, if you are willing to encounter the Lord, if you are willing to let him love you and save you, if you can make friends with him and to start to, start to talk with, to him, the living Christ, about the realities of your life, then you will have a profound experience capable of sustaining your entire Christian life. You will be able to share that experience. For being a Christian is not the result of an ethical choice or a lofty idea, but the encounter with an event, a person, which gives life a new horizon and a decisive direction. Because of the resurrection, because Jesus is alive, the coronavirus, our isolation, our struggles do not get the last word. But Jesus Christ is the word the first and the last. 
He is risen from the dead. He is alive. He gives us tonight and forever new life and new hope. He has won. He is winning. And he will win. Because God himself is alive and raised from the dead. Alleluia.